We have to go to the police station now to answer some more questions. Did you hear me? I said we have to go. You knew this was going to happen, didn't you? You could have done something. No. There's nothing anyone could have done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not A Final Girl podcast. Why? Because she always dies first, referring to me and Janet. We're goners. We're dead. Goodbye. <laughs> always. <laughs> I just want to say hello to everyone. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the support. I hope you guys had a good holidays, and I hope you guys have a good upcoming New Year's. And let's get into it. Janet, take it away. So I think first, let's start off with my opinions about Better Watch Out. I mean, that that movie's <laughs> insane. Like, first and foremost, let's let's talk about the fact that the way that Rose described it to me. Yes. One, I was already horrified by it, just the way she described it to me. Two, we decided we wanted to watch the movie together. More like <laughs> I forced her to watch the movie with I me because I didn't want to watch it alone. <laughs> I did not want to watch it again. <laughs> uh, but it's a lot more fun because then I can bounce my comments off of you. We can actually like figure out our best mm-hmm. opinions about the movie. Which, let's be real, I wholeheartedly agree with Rose. With whoa, wholeheartedly agree with Rose. Yeah. This was a terrible movie. The plot was. <laughs> All kinds of weird. And the entire time we watched it, we just commented to each other about, like, what the fuck is this? What the (laughs) fuck is that? What is happening here? Overall, I just agree with her and zero (laughs) out of ten do not recommend. But if you like children's psychological horror, then this movie's for you. That's fair. (laughs) We we both agreed that it was just, like, if it had just been maybe the psychopathic child itself or if it had been the premise we thought it was then we would have been fine but the idea that it that this like little fuckhead 12 year old just had all this shit planned out and then killed his best friend yeah for oh my god that was the most heart-wrenching death of the entire movie dude i I had to take a full, like, yeah. what was it, 10, 15 minutes after watching that scene before I could continue the movie. It was, it's, it's such so a rough bad. death. It's, oh my God. In that moment, you're reminded how many, how much of children they actually are. Like, they're, they're literal like, children literally, in this moment. Every time I hear Garrett say, I want my mom before he gets absolutely decimated, like, it hurts. It genuinely hurts. It's like a gut, yeah. it's a gut-wrenching pain. Like, you can, you feel like you have to, like, jerk yourself yeah. inwards. Like, it's so... Because you're literally ugh. watching a child being executed. Like, it's so much. It's so fucking much. It's terrible. Absolutely horrible. Yay. Zero out of ten all across the board. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Fuck those kids. We're out. We're done. <laughs> Fuck them kids. Deuces. <laughs> so, I mean, let's let's just move on to the next movie we got going up. Um, this week's movie was my choice. I went ahead and chose The Innkeepers, which is also on Peacock. Um, not by any you know, comparison or anything. Where but... Peacock only stands, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> We have every streaming service in the world. <laughs> we really do. I'm just stuck on Peacock because it has that 70s show, and that's my favorite. <laughs> Dude, I still love that 70s show, but I was so disappointed when the, the actor that plays Hyde got those sexual oh God, assault yeah. allegations. Yeah, that was was unfortunate. It's so heartbreaking because it's like... It really is. You fall in love with these people before they're controversial and you still have all of these really fond memories of them, but then you suddenly learn that they're actually like shitbags and then you kind of don't know what to do because it's like obviously you don't want to support them anymore, 
But right. at the same time, like you st- still love who they were before this. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like you find out about it and then you just cut it out of your life. Like I still love that '70s show because there's more than just hide to it. But it it sucks that that happened. Yeah, it's definitely hard sometimes to separate between the characters and the shows and their actors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it is unfortunate because if you look back on it, there really isn't anybody else who could have played that character as well as he did. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Rough times. Can we just, like, have people stop being assholes? Like, I feel like that solves the problem. Just don't be an asshole. Yeah, for real. Just just stop. Don't do fucked up shit. Don't do stupid stuff. Crazy idea. I mean, (laughs) crazy thought. Mind blown. Don't harm other people. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Fucking life changing, bro. (laughs) I also just want to do another quick side note. Um. I have rediscovered my love for light brights and it's the best thing in the world and it makes me so fucking happy. And if any of you had a light bright as a child, go get one. It does something to my lizard brain. It's so fucking pleasing. I've already done like two within a day. Uh, it's amazing. Is is that why my PC is full of RGB? Yes! I swear <laughs> to God. The RGB came from light bright. It had to have because I, listen, my PC has a ton of rgb lights in it i'll have to post a picture on the instagram for you guys but it's like my own personal light bright and i can even change the colors with software on my computer yeah, but so that's my light bright too. has a demogorgon on it so <laughs> i think i'm cooler here <laughs> all right so anyway back on track now we get way too distracted way too quickly so rose rose what are your opinions on the trailer for the innkeepers all right so first and foremost i want to give quick trigger warnings they're very basic in general so we got suicide we obviously got murder and the entire movie is about ghosts so you got the paranormal so the big three if you're not comfortable with any of those we suggest you skipping it i watched the trailer it's it seems interesting There were a couple jump scares in the trailer that did actually get me. I do have one thing that I'm mad about, and I'm not, it's, I'm don't, I'm not going to use it against the movie. Right. I just don't like it in general, which is the cliche of the, in the trailer, it says that the, like, main ghost that they're trying to figure out about is, what, Mary Magdalene? Um... It's uh, Madeline O'Malley. Same thing. (laughs) (laughs) I watched the trailer once. I don't fucking know. (laughs) We're told that this ghost is basically a woman who got ditched at the altar and then killed herself. Oh, I see. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah, you're right. That That is very much a cliche. But what I think is cool about it is it doesn't even play into anything that she does. So I will I will tell you that for sure. It is just her background story more than anything. Right, which is why I said I wasn't going to hold it against them. Okay. I just I just think that as a trope in general, I just hate that. It like I understand like joking about it. Like I joke about like whenever my cats die, I'm just going to kill myself because like I love them that much. I don't think I've ever loved anyone in my life so much that I would immediately kill myself if they, like, abandoned me. Yeah, I see where you're going with that. That makes a lot of sense. And that, that's, that's really, that was really my only issue with it. I, I just, that's annoying to me. I, I hate the idea of, like, it's not even like he died and she killed herself, which I still think is stupid. He just literally left her (laughs) and she was like, well, time to die. And I'm like, time to die. Bruh, no, (laughs) you have 
so many other things you could do. Go key his car. Right. <laughs> go egg his house. Go do something besides, you know, ending your life. You have such a life to live, friend. Yeah, like, fucking go to a fucking strip club. I don't know, <laughs> but, like, don't kill yourself. That's not worth it. Yeah, no, definitely not worth it. Any other opinions you might want to add? I feel like I recognize the actor and actress, um, but I don't know why. <laughs> Um, I think I did go to actually look this up. I can't remember exactly why, but um, there are a couple characters that I know of that I've seen before in other horror movies. So um, one of them looks really familiar from a different movie that I've seen recently. Mm -hmm. I just can't remember what exactly he is from. Let's see if we can figure that out, shall we? This is almost, it's similar to like when we were watching Better Watch Out yesterday and we figured out that fucking Jeremy is goddamn Billy from Stranger Things, bro. I I literally called him so white. It's <laughs> and I didn't even know that it was him. I love that actor. He's great. But I've literally never seen him in anything else besides Stranger Things. So I have The fact either. that he didn't have like a mullet an 80s yeah. wear, I didn't recognize him. And then Janet was like, no, I know him. And she looked it up. She was like, it's Billy. And I was like, oh, fuck. I'm so rude to him. <laughs> oh, it was such a funny realization. And I was like, damn, that's rough times for him. <laughs> it's true. But then I said, his character is still the most offensive <laughs> I have ever seen. So fuck it. Yeah, he really is. Let's hop into the innkeepers shall we <laughs> so um the innkeepers i i labeled it as a supernatural horror or you could name say paranormal horror however you'd like to say it i think it's labeled supernatural horror because one of the characters does um like spiritual healing um so she's a healer in different aspects she uses a pendulum in parts of the movie different stuff like that and i think that's why they call it supernatural horror because of that i don't know it's weird like i looked on several different websites and they all said supernatural horror i thought that there was a difference between paranormal and supernatural because i thought supernatural dealt more with like like vampires werewolves etc you know it's possible but i think that's why they have like the supernatural in there is like i was saying because of her spiritual healing not everybody believes that that can be accurate. I know we do, but that's besides <laughs> the point. I understand if they don't feel like it's accurate, but I think spiritual healing can still be involved on the paranormal side. I don't know why it has to be labeled supernatural. It's not like she's like a witch or something. Right. I, I'm not sure why either, but I know in the movie there's a specific part where she actually talks about like having like powers and things and can tell what like specific feelings and actions and scenes and stuff like that but she can never tell exactly when or where they're going to happen or who they're going to happen to so i wonder if maybe that's what it is because you're considering her a psychic okay i fair yeah i think that makes sense so it was directed and written by ty, ty west um that's how my boyfriend said it. Seems like he knows what he's talking about. I've never heard of this guy. Oh, that's why I know him. What What else is he director, right? He did uh, X and Pearl, which I literally just watched this year because they came out this year. I haven't seen that one. It's slasher. It's slasher movies, but they're they're pretty great. I love them. I just remembered that I had definitely seen his name recently, and that's why. So. Oh, well, that's cool. I told you there was going to be connections between movies, and you said no. Directors are different from <laughs> actors. <laughs> Get fucked. Get fucked. <laughs> the budget for this movie was $750,000. 
at box office, it got 1.18 million, which I thought was actually pretty good. That means they got above what they had the budget for. So that was nice. They got back what they paid for it. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think it's considered a success if you don't make at least double. That makes sense. I was going to say, the last few movies I covered, all of their box (laughs) offices were like... Hundred thousand and something, right? <laughs> and their budgets were like way more than that. So, so one interesting fact I actually found out about this movie while researching everything was that it was shot in Torrington, Connecticut, which is actually where the inn it's based on is located. Mm. So it actually they got to film some of the scenes of the movie in the Yankee Peddler Inn in Torrington. So I thought that was such a really cool feature and like fact. I don't know which scenes they were because they don't expressly tell you which ones Mm -hmm. but um i'd love to be able to find that at a later point maybe put it on tiktok or something and show you guys yeah i mean it's really it's really cool that if whenever they're able to film if they're basing it off of a true story quote unquote right then like it's great for them to be able to film on the location of where they're basing it like that's really cool oh yeah i think that adds like just another whole effect to the movie itself And I think that may be why it got some of the ratings it did. Now, some of them are not necessarily the greatest. So, like, on Rotten Tomatoes, it had a 79% average. Um, Audience rated it at 6.6 out of 10. I based off of what I could find easiest. This one's from Letterboxd. I've never heard of it, but it's a 3.0 out of 5. Letterboxd is... um... So I listened to a different horror movie podcast called Scream! Exclamation point. Caleb on that show and his own which is uh, Horror Soup. He uses Letterboxd for all of his reviews. I think it's a very specific community that likes to use that rather than, like, Metacritic and shit like that. Oh, okay. Because, see, then from IMDb, I got... On Metacritic, they got a 64 out of 100. Mm -hmm. And then for audience rating on IMDb, it was 5.5 out of 10. So it's pretty similar to Better Watch Out. Yeah. Like, very average. Yeah, very average on that one. As far as who we have in the cast, um, the characters we have, we have Claire, who is played by Sarah Paxton. We have Luke, who's played by Pat Healy. Not another Luke. (laughs) Oh, you're right. There is another Luke. Oh, no. Is that just a generic horror movie name? Is that what we're going on? I'm like, yes, so. We have uh, Leanne Reese Jones, played by Kelly McGillis. Uh, We have Gail played by Allison Bartlett. She's the mom in the movie. She doesn't have a whole mm. lot. They're, the biggest three characters in this movie are Claire, Luke, and Leanne. Um, okay. So the other actors only play a couple spots in the movie. Yeah. Um, so then we have Madeline O'Malley, who is the main ghost of the movie, is played by Brenda Cooney. We have Officer Mitchell, who's played by John Spiridakos. And then we also have Jake Ryan playing the boy, we have Lena Dunham playing the barista, and we have <laughs> the boy. The boy. So Gail, boy. Gail is the mom. Uh, Jake Ryan yeah. is the boy. So that's her son. <laughs> okay, gotcha. And, and then we have George Riddle playing the old man. They don't have names. That's it. That's it. Okay, IMDb is kind of bad about that, though. Honestly, because <laughs> um, when I did the serial mom episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I talk about how in IMDb, they're, like, she's just listed as mom, but they say her name multiple times during the movie. Well, they don't say the names of these characters. Like, it's literally just, like, they just are there. And that's perfectly fine. 
But I'm just saying, IMDb done it before <laughs> where they definitely have names and they just didn't record it. Oh, thanks, IMDb. You're the one we get most of our information from. <laughs> that and Wikipedia, because I trust strangers. Oh, yeah. Always trust strangers. Didn't you, didn't your parents teach you that? <laughs> Come on now. Always trust strangers. <laughs> and this is why we are not final girls. <laughs> to be fair, though. Listen. Okay. I'm sorry. I know I interrupt a lot, but like, I have a lot of knowledge. Okay. Let me talk. Um, I never interrupted you. What do you mean? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yelling at you. <laughs> I'm yelling at the audience. <laughs> so fun fact, Stranger Danger actually really harmed, uh, really harmed teaching children how to be safe because after Stranger Danger, we learned that like Stranger kidnappings was a, only like 1%. You're more than likely to get kidnapped by some of your family members than anything. Or just someone you know at the very right. least. Talk to strangers. <laughs> the strange, you, you only have a 1% chance of being fucked up by it. <laughs> Don't do Don't. that. Bad advice. Asterisk. <laughs> Asterisk. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a policeman. I'm not any. Not, Don't listen to me. Not a professional life advice giver. Do not listen to Rose. <laughs> I I can give you te technological advice. <laughs> she does have a degree in that. That she can do. And once I get my master's in uh, criminal justice, <laughs> maybe I'll have more professionalism. <laughs> if we're lucky. <laughs> Listen, a lot of my knowledge just seems to revolve around serial killers. So I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, recently <laughs> I've been getting into a lot more true crime stuff, so we might end up getting into some of those kind of horror movies soon. Let's dive into the actual plot of this movie, shall we? I found it really interesting the way they like placed the uh, music cues and stuff like that was super cool. So as far as like the intro to the movie, they have this dramatic like, you know, dramatic paranormal music playing. And it's a slow zoom in on an old picture of the Yankee peddler in. The beginning credits roll and in the background is old pictures of the inn showing it how it improved and progressed over the years since it opened. After it progresses through all these pictures, it shows us the most recent picture of the peddler in and then it goes to a black screen and then has this like fancy writing. So the movie is based in chapters and there are a total of, let's see, one, two, three chapters plus an epilogue. So it's almost like a book. Right. So it's, it's almost... I don't know if it's based off a book or if they chose to do it that way because of something specific, but I thought it was an interesting way to like break up the different parts of the movie and explain the, the progression towards the end of the movie. Yeah. So we get this black screen and then we have this fancy writing. It says chapter one, the long weekend. We open to a woman walking into the inn and the inn has a sign on the door made of cardboard just says going out of business that's rough <laughs> right no, for real very rough unfortunate but that's the whole premise of the movie i mean it says that it's gonna be shut down it's gonna be shut down they're helping out the last few guests for the weekend and then they're doing some paranormal stuff as she's walking through the inn you hear country music playing um she goes to the office to set down her stuff and this is when we find out that this is claire the other um the other employee that walks over um, looks at her and says, Claire, so it's just you and me now. So after he walks over and says, it's just you and me now, he starts talking about how they already had a plan to like try and get some paranormal stuff um, like caught either on camera or on microphone. And he mentions that he couldn't get the cameras fixed. So they only have like the, the microphones to work with. Boo, I want that video footage. I know, bro. right? You got to get that video footage. <laughs> but the, the sound footage is actually interesting. The way it plays into the movie is crazy. So this is where you first get the instance of how they're going to utilize the sound equipment throughout the movie and how they're going to change 
and immerse you into the movie with the sound equipment. So they walk over to his laptop because he's talking about how he's been on the paranormal forums and stuff like that. And he found a video that he wants to show her. So he sets her down at the desk at the, in the lobby and says, uh, gives her the headphones. She puts them on and the headphones like deafen outside noise. So like if you had just put your headphones on, that's what it sounds like from the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so he cues up a video of a rocking chair and you hear him as if he's behind a glass wall, like explaining that he found this video on the paranormal forums, stuff like that. I know I said that already, mm-hmm. but do you remember when we were in like high school and those videos came out where it was a seemingly normal video, like a car driving down the road and at the end there was a jump scare? Mm-hmm. yeah that's the kind of video he showed claire <laughs> he showed her this uh, video <laughs> of a blank rocking chair in an attic with a dress hanging behind it staring at the video he's like watch closely something happens like i promise something happens and at the end of the video this thing pops up and it just scares the fuck out of you well this is where we find out that claire is actually an asthmatic and has an inhaler oh <gasps> yes <laughs> So did he know that about her? Yes. <laughs> oh, that asshole. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. That's like I saw a post from somebody that was like, yeah, I was a real asshole when I was a kid because I would purposely send my grandma jump scare videos in hopes that she would die sooner so I could get her inheritance. Oh my God. That's terrible. <laughs> That's, I know. That's oh, no. why I'm like, holy fuck, that's so mean. It is bad. But there are parts of the movie where, like, she'll use the inhaler, and I'm like, there were other scares that were a little, like, scarier that I thought she would use the inhaler in, and she didn't. Hmm. It was interesting. Yeah. And when when people don't actually have asthma, and then they're like, play this person who has asthma, they don't always <laughs> do well. That's true. And maybe that's just because my brother had asthma, so, like, I know what that's... I've seen it. Right. Yeah, like, I've... I had asthma, but I grew out of it. My sister has asthma. My mom has asthma. And they also have severe allergies that triggers the asthma. So, like, I've dealt with that a lot in my life. Oh, God, yeah. Asthma's not a fun thing to have to deal with, so. No. This poor girl. Anyway, she... So it seems as if the second employee has been there since last night and he ended up staying in one of the rooms. Because they're shutting down, I guess they're making him stay at the hotel to finish helping out the remaining amounts of the guests. And to finish shutting down the hotel, which... Who who the fuck? The owner. And the owner's not even there. He's on vacation somewhere else. Fuck no. <laughs> I feel like you can stay at the hotel. I'm not staying here. For real. Get fucked. No, honestly. Like, you're going to sit here and tell me... Well, you actually look at it from their point of view. Look at it from their point of view. They want to get some type of paranormal shit on tape. And they know the, house, the hotel's haunted because they work there. Okay, but like, did he try to capture anything paranormal yesterday or did he just sleep in the hotel i don't think he tried to do anything because every time throughout this movie that they go to record something he has her do it or she has to prompt him to go do it so i'll get there (laughs) (laughs) so why did he say my i would have been gone i would have been like mr boss man you can't i i'm out of a job in like three days so i'm going home i don't know maybe it was better than sleeping at home for them maybe that's the reason they were okay staying i don't know I'm not trying to justify anything. There is no logic in horror movies, as we've discovered in the last few episodes. Yeah. (laughs) So. (laughs) Correct. They start talking about which rooms are taken. So, obviously, we had the second employee, and uh, his name is Luke. We find this out during this entire interaction. I just can't remember exactly when it is, but the second employee's name is Luke, played by Pat Healy. I I don't know anything about him, but fuck Luke. Fuck Luke. (laughs) it's residual feelings you'll go to say that in parts of this movie anyway oh i was on i didn't even know him and i was on it fuck luke no i started thinking about it i was like 
yeah, no, there are parts of this movie where you kind of want to say fuck Luke. Like, <laughs> It's official. Everyone named Luke, fuck off. Them L names and J names are all fucked. Except for my friend Luke, who lets us use his shutter. Thank you so much. That's true. Yes, thank you for that. Very much appreciated. <laughs> and I love him, so don't. Don't fuck that one. Don't, yeah. But the rest of them. Right. <laughs> that's the only one that's allowed. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> then he, Luke goes on to say that 225 is taken by a guest, and those are the only two rooms that are taken. The third floor is already done, and I put it in quotations because they are just referring to the rooms that they've already... I thought they were referring to the rooms they already checked for paranormal activity. Um, it actually turns out that those are the rooms that have already been stripped of all the like furniture and stuff like that to be like mm. shut down. Okay. And then Claire decides she'll go for room 214 um, to go put her stuff down and get ready for work. Claire walks up the stairs. It's a gorgeous, like, square spiral staircase. So it's not, like, actual mm. spiral, but it, like, goes around in a square shape. Yeah. It's a gorgeous staircase. I love it. It's, this building is old. You can tell just based on the way that the whole building is set up. It's, so yeah. it has to be a gorgeous staircase. She smiles at the guest that's staying at 225, um, which is the mom and the son, Gail and um, her son. Gail and boy. And boy. (laughs) (laughs) As she smiles at them, the mom just looks pissed off at her. She just, like, glares at her. That's rude. No, yeah, for real. Like, it it was hella rude. The whole time they're staying there this weekend, the mom is just an asshole. And, like, even Luke mentions it, so... It's, Did I do anything to you, Karen? I don't fucking think so. Get right. off my back. Well, Luke is pretty bad with keeping the towels up to date, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that that's justification to just be a complete asshole. You never got me my fresh fucking towels. So fuck you. Oh, it's not even fresh towels. He just forgets the towels. He just doesn't discard them? He just doesn't give them towels at all. Like, it... oh, oh no. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> shall I do? <laughs> oh, shit. Fucking air dry. <laughs> Fan. Goddamn. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Claire comes back downstairs um, to the lobby to see Luke checking in another guest and he checks her into 224. Claire actually recognizes the guest as an actress in some of her favorite movies. Wait, Gail's an actress? No. So this is a a different guest coming to check in. So Gail is already checked in and has been there. Okay. This is a new guest checking into 224, the room right next to Gail. Because Gail's in 225. Is this... Leanne? Yes. This is Leanne oh, Reese Jones. Okay. She is an actress. She is also the spiritual person we were talking about earlier. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. So she checks her in. Uh, Claire makes a big deal about it being Leanne Reese Jones. She's excited about it. They talk about Luke making his website for his paranormal finds, which I don't know. My notes kind of get. I apologize, guys. My notes get a little rough right here. I'm trying to like mix the two of them. Okay. To be fair. This is Janet's first time being the note taker for the movie. That's a very true statement. This is stressful. <laughs> so let's well, let's cut her a little bit of slack because she's working on it. Okay. The next time I do this, I'll be better. I promise. I'm trying. Don't don't mislead them. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> In retrospect, I just figured out I was using my microphone wrong. So if I sound better, oh this God. is why. <laughs> We literally have the same mic, and she's had it for months, and I've had it for, like, a month, <laughs> and she just today realized that she's been talking into the back of the microphone. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> uh, it's... And and she's a streamer. 
<laughs> it's so bad, guys. I love you so much. Oh my god. Uh, we gotta be honest with our audience. <laughs> true. Very true. So I'm always honest. I'm too fucking honest. Ask me anything. I'll answer it. That's a true I'll embarrass statement. the fuck out of myself. She's a blunt motherfucker. <laughs> Because why lie? I don't (laughs) fucking care. So if I remember correctly, what's happening in this moment is this is after he's already checked in um, Leanne, like sends her upstairs with her key to go get checked in or settled in the room and stuff like that. So now it's Claire and Luke at the front desk and they're talking about Mm -hmm. everything that happened. And um, we see on Luke's laptop that he's making a paranormal website for all of the different finds that they have for different stuff that they're seeing in the hotel. So Claire starts asking about the guests and why they're there. And Luke is explaining how... Leanne is there for this convention. She's a speaker at the convention and stuff like that. Claire is confused. She's like, how do you know that? With every interaction talking about like what the guest is here for. Because he also tells her why Gail is here. And Gail is here because she had a fight with her husband. So her and her son are staying at the hotel to be away from the husband. Oh, jeez. Yes. So then Claire goes, well, how do you know that? Again, after each interaction in this instance. His response is, why are you always surprised that I actually talk to the guests? <laughs> and, and I'm like, man, you're right, dude. Why is she surprised that you get to know your guests? Like, you work you work in customer service, should you not? Okay, to be fair, though, think of me. Would you, would you expect me to genuinely talk to the customers? No. But I would. That's true. So I would be the Luke in this situation where I'd be like, what? I do my job, motherfucker. Like, get off my back. After finding out, like, why Leanne is in town, Claire, like, starts talking about how she's such a huge fan and knows her in all these movies and shows and stuff like that and how it's her favorite show. Leanne calls down to the front desk. She's like, hey, I don't have any towels. Luke gets, Luke looks pissed off. He's like, ah, I forgot the towels again. So Claire offers to take him up. She's like, I'll, I'll take him up because she's such a huge fan. Wants to talk mm. to her, wants to get to know her. She takes him up to her and they have a whole conversation about like Claire's life and what she wants to do with her life and stuff like that. And Claire even mentions when she goes to talk to Luke again that like made her feel like she was an asshole, like didn't know what she was doing with her life type of thing. Just the way she was asking the questions. So our first experience of Leanne is just this, Almost this bitch, basically. I feel like kind of what you would expect from, like, an actress. Right, and that's what, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, okay, like, obviously she very much is an actress, you know? Yeah. What had me what had me weirded out about the whole scene, though, is when Claire brings up the towels, she knocks on the door, opens the door, and Leanne goes, oh, yeah, give me one of those, and reaches out the door of the bathroom, because she's already in the shower. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, weird. So she grabs the towel, puts the towel on in the bathroom, and then walks out with the towel on, sits on the bed, and lights a cigarette. I <laughs> I honestly don't even think that that's weird. I, I feel like know. I've it's seen just... that exact scene in a lot of things. Yeah, maybe. I just don't watch a lot of movies. I think that's, that's what it fair. is. I don't know. Because uh, a lot of the, it, to be fair, a lot of the time, like, she probably was already undressed and shit when she realized that she didn't have the towels so she called for them and then jumped in the shower. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying. And and then maybe because it was a girl and not Luke. Right. That's why she felt comfortable just like being whatever. Yeah, you're probably right. I didn't look that far into it. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's fair. It it's still a little I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say weird, but probably awkward. Like, yeah. 
I don't really know you. Why are you just standing in a towel in front of me? Well, I think that's I think that's what added to the whole interaction is because she was just being comfortable around her. Claire was confused by it because she's supposed to be this yeah. like bigger actor that you know. Yeah. After the towel incident, Claire goes back downstairs and the lobby's just dead. Her and Luke are just chilling, just dead. So she goes, "I'm gonna go on a coffee run." <laughs> No, 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 no. Your first reaction should be podcast time. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Let's listen to true crime podcast, baby. That's the best way to do it. If they did podcasts, then listen. That actually is a good premise for that movie. (laughs) Because they don't have the cameras. (laughs) All they have is the sound equipment. So they're like, we're going to podcast in this haunted hotel and just hope we get some EVPs, everybody. Right, exactly. Podcast, podcast the ghosts. It's perfect. What if I... Maybe the ghosts were willing to be interviewed if they were on a podcast. That's what we should do. Let's move into a haunted house and podcast with the ghosts. I mean, oh you're God. a medium, right? No, no, no. I would. I don't describe myself as a medium because I don't do anything with what I perceive, but I do perceive a lot of things. Well, what else do I call you if not a medium? Uh, a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she said a bitch. <laughs> I call you bitch all the time. What do you mean? Then it's already in your vocabulary. <laughs> like, it's fine. All right. All right. All right. That's fine. We'll we'll go with that then. <laughs> <laughs> After this, like, in my opinion, a weird interaction in the towel, whatever. Obviously, the lobby's dead. They have two guests and themselves. And Luke is watching yeah. the lobby as it is. So she's like, you know what? I'm going to go on a coffee run. Do you want anything? Luke obviously doesn't. Whatever. So she goes to the coffee. What do you mean? I don't know. What do you mean, obviously doesn't? Well, he's like the standard, like, extra guy that's there. You know, like, Claire's the main character and he's just the... You don't you don't turn down a coffee run, sir. You're not wrong. I mean, I, I typically turn down coffee runs because I don't like coffee. Okay, well, you're also a psychopath, so... Hey, listen, I am not Luke, so better watch <laughs> out. I... <laughs> I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm one of those people where I hate tea, so I settle with coffee. Ah, makes sense. I got you. Yeah. But I like tea, so... Yeah, so we're reversed in that way. Yeah. Opposites. Opposites attract. Twin flames. (laughs) Twin flames, for sure. But, so at the coffee shop, at the coffee Coffee shop... Stop! Stop! At the coffee shop. It's literally just a cafe that's labeled stop. Perfect. It's the most beautiful <laughs> business plan ever. Perfect. I'm going to the coffee stop. <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> what? I think it's beautiful. <laughs> the coffee stop. I'm going to the coffee stop. Which, in <laughs> reality, it's not even really a coffee shop. It's just a cafe that's next door to the hotel. <laughs> what is that? How does that not make them? Don't belittle them. I am going to belittle them because they're not just a coffee shop. They're a cafe, so they have other stuff. They got sandwiches and stuff. They got food. Uh, so does Starbucks. Yeah, but Starbucks is different. They have small food. I mean, they like serve food at this place, so it's a cafe, not a not a coffee shop. Okay, I was like, <laughs> is coffee stops aren't allowed to have food now? No, like... <laughs> not at all. Starbucks got to get rid of your shit right fucking now. Oh, that's, you're gonna piss a lot of people off oh, with that one <laughs> no i know but here's here's the deal i'm not a starbucks girly i'm a dutch bros girly so dutch i have come to really appreciate dutch bros recently but i feel like i've only ever seen them in colorado dutch bros yeah it's mainly colorado i think i think that they're starting to expand but it's mostly in colorado guess i'll be missing that i'll send it to oh you in the mail <laughs> 
Yeah, hi. Can you get me a large golden eagle iced and just mail it to me? Thanks. <laughs> I'm sure that will end disastrously. Perfect. I'll drive it to you. How about oh, that? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> it's only going to be like 10 plus hours. It's fine. It's fine. It'll be like I drove to Tennessee. It'll be fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's all fine. I don't know. <laughs> she goes to the cafe next door. She goes, she wants to order coffee. The barista comes up. And at the coffee shop, she notices a drink on the menu, and it's called One-Eyed Cyclops. She prompt it, This obviously prompts her to ask Barista. She goes, doesn't a Cyclops always have one eye? And the Barista just looks confused as fuck. Just absolutely baffled by this question. She's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and Claire just says, never mind, never mind. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that is literally the definition of Cyclops. <laughs> Right, and that's that's why she made the joke. I know, asking her that, cause like, but I'm 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 mad that the barista doesn't understand. <laughs> Honestly, I think the barista was just in her own headspace because after that, she asked Claire if she could like talk to her girl to girl, and then starts talking about her boyfriend. Oh, okay. So she was disassociating. Yeah. <laughs> right, that something was happening somewhere. I, I don't know what was going on, but fair. <laughs> yeah, I even mentioned in my notes, I was like, Barista overshares about her relationship. <laughs> and Claire feels too bad to leave, so she just stands there and listens. And she doesn't get her coffee. So she, then she just goes back to the hotel in defeat. She listened to the barista talk about her emotional damage, and then she didn't even get her fucking coffee. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> dude. Like, that's some shit. This poor girl doesn't even get her coffee, and she has to go through all this bullshit just to get it. <laughs> And then in the end, doesn't even have it. Like Egg the cafe. What? <laughs> <laughs> For real, though. Well, it switches to, like, nighttime. I don't know. I don't know why. Just automatically switches to nighttime as she walks back to the hotel. Because paranormal shit doesn't happen during the day, okay? Yeah, you're right. It only happens at night. You're right, you're right. So, turns the nighttime... We mm-hmm. are outside of the hotel. It's um, a frame of the the in, the sign for the inn. Mm-hmm. It squeaks as it sways in the wind, and then we hear a grandfather clock inside chime. Um, Classic. To signif- signify nighttime in the inn. It only chimes at night. I don't know. It didn't chime at all until just then. That's that's not how grandfather <laughs> clocks work. But okay. I listen. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I I just watched it and wrote down what I saw. I <laughs> No, that's that's fair. All I'm saying is, is I had a grandma who had a grandfather clock and that shit it's every talked hour. every hour yep. on the hour. So you're wrong. <laughs> I also said it talked. Yeah. It talked it talked. Chimes. <laughs> yeah, chime, that's the word. That's chimes. that's the equivalent of the clock talking. <laughs> Well, we see Claire at the at the lobby desk um, as it, you know, pans inside the hotel. Um, she's bored, so she gets on Luke's laptop and starts scrolling the website that he made um, for their paranormal stuff. She's She also, like, looks through his history for some reason and finds that he's been looking up porn websites as well, so. I was gonna say, he's a very trusting friend to <laughs> allow her to have access to his laptop. Uh, for real, though, like, I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Because like if he if he's created the website and it's public, look it up on your phone or your own computer. Like why are you snooping through his shit? That's so rude. You're not because it's 2012. And 
They I had smartphones in 2012. They didn't look like they had smartphones in this movie. Like, I don't know if it was based in 2012, but it did not look like they had smartphones in this movie. I call plot hole. X to doubt. No, no, no. His X laptop lo- does look old. I mean, X to doubt. Yes, that's fine. But <laughs> his laptop is older. So I'm wondering if it takes place like in the early 2000s where it wasn't as popular to have a smart, uh, have a cell phone like that. You know what I mean? That's fair, I guess. Either way, she shouldn't have been fucking snooping. You're not wrong. While she's looking at this stuff in the background, she all of a sudden starts hearing this banging, which makes her set up in her seat, obviously, because, you know, paranormal. Hello. She gets up. As it starts continuing, the banging gets louder. So she's like, oh, I need to get my recording equipment. So she quickly runs back into the office to grab the recorder, the headphones, and the the boom mic. You should have had that shit already set up. Do you know how much time it takes you to set that shit up? So I think I had missed this spot in my notes, but right before this, Luke actually decided he was going to go to bed. And I'm remembering this now. I'm sorry, guys. I apologize. I promise I will get better at my notes. My God. (laughs) So right before this, Luke decides he's going to go to bed and Claire asks him to leave the laptop so she has something to do. Um, And he tells her that he got all the recording equipment like ready to go for in case she wants to record something. All I'm saying (laughs) is because they're having to use actual recording equipment and not like an iPhone 12. (laughs) If she should have just had that equipment already ready to go in case something like this happened. You're not wrong. I mean, if she was waiting for a paranormal thing to happen, you should have just been ready for that shit. Right. Because she can't just like whip out a phone and fucking record. Yeah, I have no explanation for that. You're you're dumbass, Claire. <laughs> but the other side of this, too, is that she pulls out the recording equipment, realizes she doesn't know how to turn it on, and just says fuck it to go investigate without the recording equipment. Okay, she's really a dumbass, Claire. What the fuck? Right, that's what I'm saying. So she starts walking down the hallway, getting closer and closer to where the banging's coming from. She starts to look out the door where she sees, like, where she hears the banging coming from. Mm-hmm. And as she's looking out the door, we just hear from behind her, I don't want to scare you. And then all of a sudden, Claire's screaming. And Luke finishes a sentence behind her saying, but I'm standing right behind you. <laughs> this man is trying to kill her. He's trying to trigger her asthma as much as possible, so she just dies. This is some shit that you would do, though. This is I like, don't do you it on purpose. Walk up behind me is terrifying. I don't do it. I'm fat. What do you mean? You, you are quiet. You are quiet. You're not fat either, but you're quiet. I am the legal definition of fat. <laughs> hey, I. <laughs> Just because I say I'm fat doesn't mean I'm calling myself ugly or anything. I'm allowed to be fat. No, I know. But you're like, you're not fat. Like, no, I literally am. I'm like the legal definition of fat, which is fine. I didn't. It it doesn't mean anything (laughs) other than I'm a big girl. (laughs) I'm more meant to as I don't see you that way. Oh, well, of course not. You're you're biased. No. (laughs) You're wrong. This wasn't a podcast, and you guys could see her face right now. (laughs) You're fucking wrong, I don't... (laughs) But, besides the point, um, Rose is terrifying. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm terrifying because I've scared you a handful of times by just walking too quietly. (laughs) I don't know, because Bobby does it to me too. Like, it's terrifying, dude. That's funny. That's really funny. 
Look, it's even in my notes. It says, this is how I feel when Rose walks up behind me. <laughs> Always scaring the ever-living shit out of me. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> but the reason that we see that Luke is is like come down and standing behind Claire is because he can't sleep and that he wants to trade off so that she can like go up to her room. Of course, being as angry as she would be, as I always am, <laughs> she angrily stomps back upstairs to her room. The camera goes black and then we see in pretty letters come back on the screen. Chapter two, Madeline O'Malley. <laughs> that, that was the whole chapter one? Yeah. Nothing happened. I... And wait, what was the chapter called? A long weekend? Yeah. Did we even go through multiple days? No. Well, I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> ma'am, ma'am, I just I just work here. I, I can't work control here. any of this. Listen, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying <laughs> that makes zero sense. <laughs> Have we not figured this out from horror movies now that they just don't make sense? I- I don't, I don't fucking care. I'm gonna comment on it, motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> you rise my emotions, I'm gonna tell you. Hey, whatever works. Obviously, the chapter's named Madeline O'Malley. So this chapter's a lot about, like, our story for Madeline O'Malley, like, getting her on tape, different stuff like that. So we start with, the scene opens up, Claire's got the flashlight over her face. She's telling a horror story to Gail's oh. son um, about Madeline O'Malley. And traditional ghost- shit. Yep, in traditional ghost storytelling, she had the flashlight, like I was saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As she's telling this story to her son, or to Gail's son, Gail comes down the stairs looking for the child. Of course, he's absolutely terrified, runs to his mom saying, Mommy, Mommy! And Gail is pissed. Absolutely livid, because she's like, what are you doing? This is a fucking child. Like, why are you telling horror stories to a child? Like, what? Oh, bitch. When I was a child, I heard way worse than shit like that. Don't even play. That's what I'm talking about, dude. Like (laughs) Our traumatized asses being like, bruh, that's nothing. (laughs) We're just too traumatized for it, I guess. (laughs) Maybe that's why we laugh at horror movies instead. (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) Of course, Gail being pissed decides that she's, you know, doesn't want to stay in the hotel anymore. And like bolt not bolts but like angrily pushes out the front door with the sun next door you know all this other stuff bye hope you didn't collect your shit have a nice night (laughs) right so then it cuts to luke and claire and they're eating lunch alone in the dining room talking about madeline they talk about luke's encounter with madeline and how he's unable to fully recall what she looked like it was like she was there one minute and gone the next and then he goes almost like she wasn't even there at all wow like a ghost wow like, who would have fucking guessed? Claire, of course, being Claire, is like, man, I'm jealous. Wants to have a ghost encounter. Also mentions how she would have freaked out if she did see her, so she doesn't know for sure if she wants to have a ghost encounter. Claire's trying to kill herself. Which, in retrospect, feels like you and me in different positions in different times of our life. How so? <laughs> I don't know, like the time in college where we talked about going to sit in a cemetery at night? You know I'm not wrong. <laughs> Listen, my aspirations in life is to be a goth child, but I will never have the moxie to pull it off. (laughs) You and me both. You and me both. (laughs) (laughs) So they go on to talk more about Madeline, and they talk about how they're going to make a plan to record more tonight. Claire is set on getting something on tape, so they have proof that she's there. So we switch scenes again, of course. This is a fast-switching movie, surprisingly enough. Switch scenes to to show her taking out a trash bag. 
said trash bag is leaking, so she's running across the parking lot with it, like, <laughs> on the side of her body, just holding it out there. <laughs> Dude, everyone's done that at least once in their life. <laughs> you had to have. There's no way. There's no way you didn't work a job you didn't want to work, and some big-ass trash bag full of shit was just leaking. You don't know what it's leaking, but you don't. You sure as hell don't want that shit on you. That's for damn sure. Yep. And then as well, we also see her get to the dumpster and struggle to put the bag in the dumpster. Can't get it over the top. <laughs> It sits at the top as it's leaking out the side of the dumpster and she's trying to push it in with her fucking finger. <laughs> sitting there next to the garbage can like, bro, just huck it. <laughs> you yeet that shit and then you walk away. After she finally gets it in there, she turns around and in true, true neurodivergent fashion, shakes it off. <laughs> Very true neurodivergent fashion. Just ugh. Shakes it off. True. Sure. <laughs> and after she turns around and shakes it off, she looks up at one of the windows that's open and Leanne is suspiciously smoking a cigarette and staring at Claire as she struggled. Claire waves to say hi. Leanne turns around and walks away. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't wave. Doesn't nothing. That is odd. Slightly. I can understand if she was just smoking a cigarette and right. like didn't see her, but... Don't stare at me yeah. and then ignore me. Right, yeah. Like, she was watching her. As it panned up to her window, you could tell that that lady was watching her take that trash out. I think it's time for Claire to throw hands. For real, though. Like, <laughs> Jesus. So then, as Claire's walking back to the inn, she hears the same banging noise from earlier coming from the garage. In true white people shit fashion, <laughs> follows the noise to the garage. Hell yeah. She even opens the garage. She finds Hell out yeah. that there is a cellar door leading to a basement inside that garage. No. <laughs> Not for me, dog. And here we go. Another jump scare. She oh, decides to yeah. open the doors and a fucking bird comes flying out of the fucking doors. <laughs> One. How did, how did the bird how did get the in the cellar? How did the bird even get yeah, that's what I, like how did it even get down First there? First and foremost, one, how did it get down there? Two, how long has it been down there and how did it stay alive? Ugh, you got me there, because birds literally break their necks flying into windows. That's dude. what I'm saying. Like there's no way that you could no, nah, that's just X to Illogical. doubt. X to doubt. <laughs> so then she decides she doesn't know what the banging was, so she closes the doors. She finds a chain in front of the doors, decides to chain up the doors and lock it with a padlock. Doesn't know what's down there, just doesn't want to deal with it, just locks it. And she doesn't assume that the banging on the cellar doors was the bird being like, get me the fuck out of here? I Actually, I think that's what she does assume was it. And that's why she just ah. locked it to make sure that nothing else could get down there. I don't know. Logic. Okay, I just, all I'm going to say is, why is there just a fucking chain and padlock there? I don't. That's what I'm saying. What's weird about it is the padlock, It does. I don't think, like, the padlock and the chain were both sitting, like, in front of the doors to the cellar. Because the cellar doors open up, like, from down below, they open up like this. So it may, it, I think they're trying to inference that something broke out of there, maybe? Possible. I do, I can tell you for sure the cellar doors come back into play. Ah, well, of course. <laughs> A cellar? Of course it comes back into play. Fuck. Okay, so... After she decides to lock up the cellar door, she goes to tell Luke about the incident and she comes back to an empty lobby. She gets concerned, obviously, because these weird jump scares have been happening recently, especially with like the banging and all this other shit. Well, then we see we hear the toilet flush. Luke comes sauntering out of the bathroom in the lobby and tells her he's got a list of things he wants her to go through with the recorder to get some type of soundproof and that he's going upstairs 
to try and get some sleep again. As he heads upstairs with his laptop, she mentions to him to enjoy his internet porn. (laughs) (laughs) Call him out, 2022. Calling them bitches out. Okay, but like, (laughs) Luke's starting to annoy me because how long ago did he come downstairs and say, I don't want to sleep, it's your turn? Right. And then like, what, 20 minutes later, he's like, oh, never mind. You do this shit, I'm going to bed. Right. Hot. Like, what the fuck? The time frames are confusing as hell in this movie. I don't... It's confusing. (laughs) Secretly, this whole movie took place within five minutes. You know, it's quite possible. Would not surprise (laughs) me. (laughs) After she mocks Luke, we switch to a view outside of the inn. We then travel down one of the hallways, listening to Claire saying, This is an EVP recording of the laundry room. The camera is still, you know, moving down the hallway. It turns into the laundry room, and we see Claire sitting on the floor with a sound recorder and mic. The sound switches to what the mic is picking up, not the movie sound. So it does that, like, headphone sound again. And I actually think, like I said, I think it's a really cool feature because it, like, immerses you into what they're actually listening for. So then... She sits there for a little bit. After a couple minutes of nothing, all you hear is the like the, the dryer like rotating or whatever. She tells the mic, "There's nothing here. I'm skipping this one." Turns off the recorder, and then it switches scenes again. Now we hear her say, and now we have the EBP recording of the banquet room. Now she decides to talk directly to Madeline. She doesn't want to waste time just sitting there. She wants to talk to Madeline. She asks her for some type of sign that she's there. Claire has no idea why nothing is happening. She can't hear anything, can't see anything happening. So she changes some of the settings on the recorder and she starts to hear a distorted voice. Then it starts to pick up a piano playing. So she takes off one of the earphones. Yeah, I saw that in the trailer. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool part of it, too, because she takes off one of her earphones to, like, double check and make sure that there's no and sound coming from the hotel and there's nothing there. Yeah. So now you can for sure tell when she does and doesn't have the earphones on based on the sound and how it switches mm-hmm. to hearing nothing once the earphone is back on. It switches to the static of the head. Yeah. So she follows the piano playing to the lobby grand piano. As she walks into the room, the piano playing stops, but a distorted verse voice can be heard and bits and pieces. She inched closer and closer to the piano, and then all of a sudden, two low notes play loud, both in the recorder and outside the headphones. Like, you can physically see the keys on this keyboard pressed down. Absolutely terrifies the hell out of her. But so, after she hears these two loud-ass fucking notes from this piano, she runs up the stairs to Luke's room, starts banging on the door. Luke answers the door. Obviously, she's completely freaked out. She keeps trying to tell Luke that he needs to listen to the tape because there's piano playing. And he's like, no, like, I'll listen to it in the morning. Like, I'm tired. Let me go back to sleep. And he finally decides to let her in to hear it. And she realizes that he's, like, doesn't have any pants on. (laughs) So she's like, ah, we can, we can wait till the morning. It's fine. I, yep. I'm, I'm at the point where, fuck Luke. (laughs) (laughs) He's, he's the one asking her to get these recordings. And then when she has something, he's like, yeah, I don't want to listen to that. Like, what? Claire's walking away from luke's room in defeat she runs into leanne outside of the outside in the hallway because leanne's like can you keep it down because obviously claire was freaking the fuck out at luke's room (laughs) that's fair i can't be mad at that (laughs) i mean i probably would have done the same thing i mean i get pissed off when i hear my neighbor's fan rattling against my wall like exactly so i'd I'd probably be like yeah can you shut the fuck (laughs) up like what the hell basically after leanne asked her to keep it down claire starts freaking out on her and says that mm. she recorded something and that she's freaked out. So mm. Leanne's like, okay, well, come into my room for a moment. Let's talk for a second. She tells her to sit down, hands her a small bottle of alcohol, says, drink, it'll calm me down. <laughs> 
Leanne apologizes for the way she spoke to her the previous day, which if you remember Leanne, or not Leanne, uh, Claire was slightly upset about it because she felt like she was being like judged basically with the whole conversation. So it was nice yeah. to hear that Leanne apologized to her. She explained how she's just trying to get Claire to tell her what she heard so that she can help her figure out what's happening. As we all know, Leanne is spiritual. I have a feeling that Leanne knows what's happening and just doesn't want to say anything. So she pulls out her pendulum from her side table, begins to explain like what the pendulum is, how it works, just so that Claire's like understands like what's going on. And she also explains why she's really in town. And it's to be a guest at the healers convention because that's her true calling now, not acting. And she starts to talk about how everything in the world is connected. Spirits, us, nature, everything is connected together. So Leanne offers to talk to the spirits in the house, but she has to know what Claire is wanting from them. She pulls out her pendulum, you know, does, grabs the chain, holds it up, makes sure it's plenty set and even. As she's got the pendulum up, she tells Claire that she needs to close her eyes, she needs to focus and, you know, speak out what she's trying to talk to these spirits about. Originally, as Claire's talking about it, she calls them ghosts. And Leanne corrects her and explains <laughs> that there is no real world, just a state of being. No beginning, no end. So they're not ghosts, they're spirits. So after she corrects Claire and is like, no, they're not ghosts, they're spirits, um, she instructs her, to ex- instructs her to explain what she wants from the spirits while she's holding the pendulum. Claire asks her questions, but the pendulum doesn't move. Leanne asks her to close her eyes and make a connection with the spirit and ask the spirit directly what she wants to know. As we are watching, so we see the pendulum in her hand, it's basically out of focus and we see Claire's in focus. So we are watching Claire's face, close her eyes and focus on what she's trying to do. And we see the pendulum in the background out of focus, just start swinging into different directions and circles. And if you know what a pendulum, how it works, that will de- determine the answer that the spirit or whoever you're talking to is giving you. So she asked them what their names were. The spirit's name was, however, there are multiple And they won't tell them their names. We find out there are three spirits in total. We find out that a terrible tragedy happened at the hotel. As we're finding out this information, Leanne also comes to the realization that the basement is the worst of it. And she Mm. tells Claire to avoid the basement and that Claire shouldn't go down there because she's unable to save Madeline. And that they tried to help her and nothing happened. So that means that Claire is going to say, oh, I go to basement now because... Whenever you tell someone don't do that, they're like, oh, the opposite day. Right. I get you. Yep. It's a wonderful time at opposite day. It's a great day. That's like, it's like me with the cats. I'm like, don't touch that. And they're like, oh, a challenge. Oh, a challenge. You dare challenge me. You dare tell me what I can and cannot touch in my own house. <laughs> I pay the rent. <laughs> I feed you. <laughs> Listen to me. For real, though. <laughs> <laughs> So after the whole interaction with Leanne, it flashes back to a sign on the front desk saying, be back at 7 a.m. XOXO, the staff. Now, you know, for damn sure, Luke ain't leaving no notes like that. No. <laughs> damn, damn straight Luke ain't leaving no notes like that. So obviously it was Claire. So Luke still has to be asleep in his bed. Because, like, who the fuck writes XOXO, the staff? <laughs> I have no idea, but I had to make sure I mentioned it because, like, obviously it wasn't Luke that left the note. (laughs) Oh, fuck no, no. Luke would have been like, bye, bitches. So here's the biggest reason I mentioned the no towels thing. We go to Claire's room and she's getting out of the shower and she has no towels because Luke is terrible at stocking the towels. 
Okay, but again, I have to call a Claire is a dumbass moment because she knows that he's bad at it and she should have fucking checked for towels before she showered. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know if I can blame Luke for that. <laughs> you know, I yeah, I see where you're coming from with that because in my notes, I blame Luke. I'm like, Luke needs to get better with the towel situation. I mean, I know the place <laughs> is closing, but damn, dude. <laughs> I agree. He does need to get better. But since Claire personally knows him and knows that he fucks this up a lot the blame is on her because if she was just a guest i understand but she should have known to double check true you're right you're right besides not having any towels claire decides to continue her nighttime routine and then she goes to lay down in bed she tries to fall asleep but she keeps tossing and turning so she sits straight up in bed. We hear a ringing. It's just a ringing noise. And I don't know if any of you guys hear like a ringing noises every once in a while. I've always heard that someone said those angels talking to you, but like, I don't really believe in that. So like, I don't know what it is, but I hear ringing in my ears a lot. I do too. I actually always heard it described as um, people are talking about you, not oh. angels are whispering to you, but people are talking about you. And you're just like sixth sense, like notifies you of that. Well, that's not terrifying because I hear ringing a lot. I talk about you every second of every day. Oh, well, that would make sense why I hear ringing in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> I just love you so much. I love you too. I don't understand. <gasps> <laughs> and mm-hmm. in my notes, I put in here, I for sure had to pause the movie at this part. The reasoning is. As you're sitting, as you're watching Claire, she's sitting in bed. She's rubbing her eyes, trying to get the sleep out of her eyes, like whatever's going on. The sheets next to her just, shoop, just straight up from the bed. Like it, it doesn't look like someone had to like push themselves up from the bed. No, this thing pulled itself up from the bed straight up. Absolutely terrifying. Just has the sheets over it. Absolutely terrifying. I paused. I was like, bro, <laughs> excuse me, what? Hello? <laughs> That's interesting. I can't wait to see that. (laughs) After Claire finishes rubbing her eyes so she can, like, figure out what's going on so she can try and sleep, the sheet falls off the person behind it. We see a woman with a veil, black eyes, and blood around her nose and mouth. She then starts moaning this unimaginable tone, and Claire starts screaming in terror. I'm going to insert a clip of this moan for you guys because there is no way to describe it. Absolutely no way to describe it. So then we see Claire jump out of the bed towards the light switch. And as she turns on the light switch, she turns around and the woman in the bed is gone. Disappears. The sheets don't even look like someone, like it fell off the front of their face. Nothing. Like they're just gone. Classic horror. Classic paranormal. We love it. Classic. That's actually though, like the only, I think that's the only time I think I genuinely would get scared of like a ghost though. Don't be in my bed. No, for real though. Like, can we, can you, can we not like, no, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. I should not roll over and be face to face with someone else. (laughs) Don't do that to me. Not unless it's my boyfriend. No, thanks. I'm good. (laughs) Well, considering my my boyfriend works overnights, that's, that's really Well, that's even more terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, oh, hi, Jason. I'm like, no, Jason left for work so long ago. supposed to be here (laughs) i'm gonna get a call one night i don't know what's happening (laughs) there's someone in my bed (laughs) it's not jason 
Are you kidding me? No, this is the phone call you get. Bitch! Bitch! <laughs> Help! <laughs> there is someone in my bed and it ain't fucking Jason. Dude. Oh, shit. Luckily, though, I'm glad to know that your immediate reaction wouldn't be, oh, you cheated on him. You'd be like, oh, shit, there's a ghost? <laughs> I mean, I know my shit. You've done seen ghosts in the apartment when we lived together, bro. Oh, I've, I've seen many many in my time i know there's some of there's some of them you didn't tell me about and i know that for a fact talking straight through her teeth lying ass bitch Listen. <laughs> after claire turns the light on and the woman's gone literally not even two seconds later her alarm starts blaring because it's 7 a.m it's time for her to get up time for her to go back down to the lobby and start work again she freaks out, runs downstairs to tell Luke what happened, forgetting that she does not have pants on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's a lot of pantsless moments in this film. <laughs> yeah, um, I I think it's, I don't know what rating it is. It might be PG-13. Um, <laughs> I don't think so, but. <laughs> I don't know what rating so, it is, but considering how many times we just see naked people, it's probably PG-13. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Um, well, she runs down to the lobby and Gail and her son are at the front desk checking out <laughs> as she runs down the stairs screaming for Luke. Gail's at the front desk and realizes she doesn't have any pants on, covers her son's <laughs> eyes and just says, okay, that's it. I've had enough. We're going back to your dad. <laughs> that... Okay, that's so terrible, but so funny. The idea of like uh, the hotel experience being so bad that you're like, all right, I'm let's get back to normal bad. This right. is worse. <laughs> like this is this is ten times worse than what I expected. <laughs> this is what I left him for. God damn it! <laughs> Amazing. But then after this, it cuts to the black scene again, and we get the fancy lettering that says Chapter Three: A Final Guest. We open with coffee being poured into a coffee mug that says, someone has a case of the Mondays. Me. Every day. I feel that every day. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Every day, motherfucker. <laughs> every single day. Oh my god, it's terrible. Even on my days off, it's terrible. Dude, on my days off, I just sleep. I do this. Oh, that's fair. I should be doing other <laughs> things, but I, I just fucking sleep. I'm so tired. So, Luke says Claire is freaking him out, and then starts explaining how she needs to keep a level head when doing all of this. Basically, he's saying that, like, he's been doing it for a long time. And if you start to freak out about the things that are happening around you, then the spirits are going to take advantage of that. Then Luke, as the senior executive of ghost hunting, maybe you should be doing the fucking work. She explains to him that she had talked to Leanne and that she heard the piano and stuff like that. And he keeps trying to convince her not to get upset about the piano or the dream or what Leanne said. Because in her eyes, what happened last night with the sheet and the woman was a dream. It wasn't real. She thought it was uh, fake. Yes. So, wait. She thought it was a whole ass So dream. she actually saw it? Yes. Oh, I thought it happened when she was still asleep. So as he's trying to convince her, like, not to be upset about anything that happened the previous night, he starts to ask her, like, how many times she sees psychics doing different things because psychics aren't real and that Leanne is just an insecure actress trying to stay relevant. That's rude, but okay. 
Right. I think what I meant by saying different things is, like, how many times does she see psychics trying to talk about, like, oh, what's going to happen in the future? Or what's going to happen? Or what happened here? Or, like, talking to people and ghosts and things like that. Like, how often do you see them actually do that in front of you versus on a video? That's totally fair. And I agree that there are a lot of people who just try to get fame that way. Right. But there are legit people, too. Well, and I, I agree with you there, too. Um, in reality, you're the reason why I know that more often than not. I didn't want this life. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. You got this life, dude. It's the they most chose un- you. It's the most unfortunate thing. <laughs> in reality, Claire just really wants to know what's happening. And Luke just seems like he doesn't care. Like, Luke has no care in the world for the situation or how freaked out Claire is. He's just trying to convince her that everything's fine. Luke is in on it. Confirmed. Conspiracy. Hashtag confirmed. X to doubt. <laughs> As in it's not a conspiracy? No. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. You, we'll get there. We'll explain it. We'll explain it. You're giving me anxiety. I don't like the way that's going. <laughs> Sometimes when you explain stuff, that's how I feel. Nah. How's your own medicine taste? Could, couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As he's trying to calm Claire down, we hear a guest come in. Luke tells her to be cool and chill in the office and just chill out. And then he goes to help the guest. Has Claire gotten pants on at this point? Yes, Claire has pants on at this point, yes. (laughs) Okay. This is is into the next day. They're, like, running the hotel in the lobby, stuff like that. Like, she's dressed ready for work. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) is she just still in the lobby pantsless? (laughs) No, that was the night before, remember? It comes up to a final guest, chapter three, or the, the the very early morning. Bitch, I don't fucking know. The time jumps in this movie don't uh, yeah, make sense to me. It's probably my recount of it versus the time <laughs> jumps actually making sense. Like I be didn't, real. I didn't know that starting a new chapter started like a new day. It wasn't a new day. It was more just like a new scene. So like it, it jumped ahead in time. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. We hear the conversation between Luke and his guest about staying a single night. The old man is requesting a specific room on the third floor. The room is 353. And he keeps repeating that number, like, consistently. That's the room he wants to stay in. Like, that's that. However, the third floor is not available due to the rooms being stripped because of it going out of business. He keeps insisting that this is the room he wants to stay in and that no other room will do. He also mentioned that he traveled a long way to be here. So this creepy-ass old man won't use a credit card, and he only pays cash. Because Claire comes out the back room, he's like, listen, she's like, listen, like, I understand this is the room you want to stay in, but they're all stripped, like, they only have beds in them, there's nothing else in these rooms, no TVs, no nothing. Hmm. Old man's like, that's fine, this is just the room I want to stay in, like, that's that. She tells him, if you're willing to put your own sheets on your bed, then for sure you could have this room, yada yada, cool, whatever. So Luke looks at him, he's like, yeah, we normally request a credit card in case of any damages to the room, anything like that. Refuses, hands him just a stack of bills. It's like, here, this is what how I want to pay. And I mean, he's willing to put his own sheets on his bed, so that's the room they gave him. I don't trust this man. I didn't either. So Claire took him down to the laundry room to get his sheets. The old man explains how the inn is where he spent his honeymoon. He talks about how it's interesting that you can go back to a place with many memories and you just feel right at home. Yeah, she just says, I don't know, and then moves on from the conversation. To be fair, I think that's kind of like a older person thing. 
like the more so. the more memories and, and lifetime you have behind it, the more it is where you can walk into a place and just revel in the memories versus when you're younger, everything's like kind of new still. I think that might be part of it. But then the other part of this, too, is in my notes, I specifically mentioned how he has this creepy ass stare like directly into her soul as he's asking her about like feeling right at home in a place with a bunch of memories. Yeah, all old men are like that. You didn't know that? I This man was just extra creepy, dude. Like, I've met some creepy-ass old men. I work in retail, dude. I've met some creepy-ass old men. But this man just had a whole-ass different vibe. He was creepy as fuck. Gotcha. Okay. He's not a fan. <laughs> You're like, listen, I know all old men are creepy, but his right. level was extra. Him specifically was just hella creepy. I don't know if it was the hotel, what it was, but just no. Doesn't trust this man, X to doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after grabbing the sheets, they make their way down the hallway of the third floor. And as and Claire explains again that the bed, the rooms only have beds in it. Mm-hmm. The old man talks about how he doesn't care. He's just here for one last little bit of nostalgia. So Claire offers to change his room if he decides that he wants to, if he decides he wants a TV. He's like, no, that won't be necessary. This is this room's the only thing he came for. Mm-hmm. And as she's trying to tell him, like, oh, well, thanks for staying. Have a good night. Have, hope you have a good stay. He slams the door in her face. Slams the door shut. I was like, oh, cool. She just walks back down the hallway in defeat. So then we switch back to our front desk scene where Luke is sitting there cracking open a second beer. We see the first beer on the desk already. That's why I know it's the second one. <laughs> he burps and then he turns to Claire and explains that if he has to stay up with her all night, that she's going to have to drink too. I have no idea how old these people are at this point, but I'm hoping she's over the age of 21. But also, you're the one who's deciding to drink. You can't force me to drink with you, motherfucker. What the hell? That's a true statement. I agree with that. And he makes it sound like it's her fault. He's like, since I have to stay up with you, we're drinking. Right. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Fuck. All right, then. Fine. Damn. I'll, I'll, I will drink a soda. That counts, right? right? <laughs> you got a can of soda back there? Not a can of beer? Thanks. You got some Dr. Pepper? I'll down some Dr. <laughs> Peppers, bro. For real. She, <laughs> she'll for real down a Dr. Pepper real quick. Don't. Not a don't. bad thing. Don't dox me like this. It's not a bad thing. Don't dox me like this. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Bobby does the same thing. <laughs> Can barely keep Dr. Pepper in the house. Bruh, for real. I go through Dr. Pepper. I, I have done a lot better of limiting myself to like one can a day. That's good. But I, I do still knock that motherfucker back. <laughs> oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. No, and I'm the same way with Mountain Dew, though. Like, oh, Done. So as Luke and Claire are drinking at this front desk, we see Leanne walk back in from whatever seminar she went to. Claire asks her about the seminar, and Luke asks, Luke offers her a beer. She declines, and Luke gets confused. He's like, huh, I could have swore you were a huge drinker. She says, well, we all have our moments. What the fuck <laughs> does that mean? I have no idea. Apparently because she chose to decline a beer that's not part of her personality, I guess. According to Luke. Yeah, but have they ever hung out outside of work or anything for him to be like, oh, I thought you were a big drinker? No, but she's a huge actress. 
like she's a well-known actress so like she probably has interviews and stuff like that of her drinking or like being drunk or like she's gotten like arrested for being drunk something like that i don't i don't think that they fully explain it but that feels like a stretch that feels like a stretch it might be a stretch but you're asking for logic i'm just trying to give it to you i the movie needs to give me logic the movie needs to explain not you what's funny about it is i didn't even question it like that wasn't something i questioned i was just like oh okay (laughs) i'd be really mad if someone looked at me and was like i just thought you were a big drinker i'd be like fuck you you don't know anything about me (laughs) the fuck after she declines the beer luke just luke being drunk just goes in he asked her to explain how being a psychic works so she starts to explain like the experience of having deja vu and that oh. if you experience deja vu, then you have psychic powers just like she does. Bro, I I understand. I, it, it's not, okay. The movie describes it as deja vu, but I know exactly what she actually means because I have it all the fucking time. It's mm. where you actually had a dream of an event. And then when it actually happens, you're like, oh shit, I've done this before. And you That rem- happens to me all yeah. the time. And you remember what's yeah. going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah. It's that shit's terrifying, dude. Sometimes it terrifies me and other times I'm like Huh, what a weird coincidence, you know? Like I never yeah. thought deeper into it until I started getting into like the spiritual stuff more than anything. Yeah. Well she Leanne also goes on to explain that her powers are slightly different than others because she can feel like emotions with it but can't tell when or where it's going to happen. So she has to be careful who she shares her visions with. I don't understand it either, but that's... I didn't even have to say anything. You just see my face and you're like, yeah, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't necessarily make a lot of sense, but I mean, I guess at the same time, what she means by like emotions. And I think she says this specifically for whatever is going to happen at the end of the movie. Okay. Because Luke goes back to it and talks about it as well. But at this point in time, I wanted to insert another clip because Luke just makes me laugh in this moment because he's drunk and just being an asshole for no reason. Don't let the spirits keep you up all night. Oh, whatever. You said it yourself. She made you feel like an asshole. Besides, everybody needs a taste of their own medicine once in a while. Yeah, so he's just being an ass because if he had approached it from like, you know, like, don't let the bed bugs bite, like, don't let the spirits get ya, like, if it was in a joking manner, okay, fine, that's fine, but like, the way he's talking about it is he's, like, just being an ass. Yeah, no, he was wholeheartedly just being an asshole. Slightly funny at the same time. So, after a couple beers, Luke and Claire decide that they want to reenact the ghost ghost encounter that Claire had the previous night. It switches to a different frame. All we see is Luke. We don't see Claire at all. They reenact what happened. You can clearly tell that both are drunk and just messing around. So Luke's like in the mic. This is a reenactment of the ghost encounter Claire had. And then he starts walking down the hallway like she did. And then being drunk as she is, has a sheet over her face with the eyes cut out, being a ghost. You know, all this kind of stuff. Just being drunk. And offensive. Ghost's gonna get you now for sure. Right. So while drunk, Claire decides to draw a terrible rendition of Madeline. She asks Luke if Madeline is prettier than her, and of course, being drunk, he starts to say how he likes her and thinks she's pretty, and says, great, one too many times. Also says he would do anything for her. For Claire? Yes. 
Okay, so now we're going to give the the ghost trauma and an excuse to murder you. Right. Basically. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Intelligent. <laughs> right. And at this point, like Claire, they're both laying on the floor just talking about the most random shit. And Luke just keeps talking about how he'd do anything for her. He likes her, all this other stuff. So Claire shoots up and she goes, I have an idea. She drinks a sip of the beer, runs to the desk to grab a flashlight and then runs back and says, let's go to the basement. If you remember, Leanne said the spirit said not to go into the basement, that she can't save them. Correct. Yeah. Luke obviously agrees because he pretty much just confessed his love for her and she didn't even realize it. (laughs) Man would do anything for her. This movie's getting more and more stereotypical the longer we're in it. Honestly, the more I talk about it, the more I realize how fucking stereotypical this shit is. (laughs) It's it's terrible. (laughs) So, you know, stereotypical fashion, they go to the basement door. Claire opens it, tries to turn on the light, and it blows out almost immediately. Classic. Yeah. Per usual. Yeah. So she tells Luke to turn on the recorder. And they descend down into the basement, step by step, led by a flashlight. It's completely dark, so Claire trips over something, and Luke tries to ask what's going on. This basement, bro, creepy as hell. Creepy as fuck. Like, it's got it's got old-ass furniture in it, it's dark, it's got way too many hallways. Like, mm-hmm. this basement looks way bigger than the fucking hotel is. Like, I don't even know what's going on. They continue to explore, and Claire makes the joke that they should have brought breadcrumbs. That's a fucking maze okay. down there, dude. <laughs> yeah, Hansel and Gretel, and I guess that didn't work poorly for them. Right. So Luke tells her to stop because he hears something. He tries to ignore it, saying it's just static, but she heard it too. While all of this is happening, we're back to hearing what the recorder hears. So, like, back in the headphones, just hearing mm-hmm. static and her, like, that sounds like behind a glass wall. So there's a creepy door at the very back of the basement. It creaks super loud as they open it. And as they're walking in, Claire goes, this is the room they hid Madeline's body in. So here's the story. So yes, classic trope of she kills herself because her husband left, yada yada. Mm -hmm. Well, the people who owned the hotel at the time didn't, I guess maybe didn't want the hotel to shut down or whatever the hell it was. They hid her body in this basement cellar. Bro, what the fuck? Yeah. And that's why she haunts the hotel. That's the dumbest shit I've ever... She killed herself. Uh, Yeah. That's not going to shut your hotel down if she had been murdered, maybe. But she killed herself. Report that shit and move on. What the fuck? That's what you would think. I don't know. But they go into this room anyway. And they decide that this is the best room to start recording. So they sit down on the floor. The two of them are facing each other, sitting down crisscross applesauce. After they sit on the floor, she starts trying to make a connection with Madeline. Luke is recording while Claire asks the questions. She starts off with, We wish to speak to the spirit of Madeline O'Malley. If you're here with us, give us a sign. She waits for a couple minutes. Nothing happens, of course. So, being the white girl that she is, she goes, Make a noise if you can hear us. And then, Why do you stay here? Why does your spirit never rest? Why do you want to know this? <laughs> like i'm sitting here like why are you antagonizing this motherfucker like you already don't antagonize the earlier terrible rendition of her like that's what i'm saying like they're really just trying to piss her off at this point because they're just 
being rude. Yeah, not to mention, this bitch already knows, like, they... Claire has literally seen her. Yeah. And just... That's fine. It's fine. We can keep going. Don't worry about it. Okay. See, I have respect for Madeline. I don't like her backstory, but the fact that she got fucked this hard... Right. I respect her. Take it it out on them. Fuck them. I don't give a fuck about them. Wholeheartedly. So while Claire is asking these questions, Luke is just watching the like the dial on the or the um the gauge on the recorder to mm-hmm. see if anything's making noise or anything because sometimes you can't hear that stuff. So the needle starts moving and it indicates something's making a noise. Claire asks again for a sign, and all of a sudden they feel a gust of wind. And Claire just really wants to talk to Madeline so badly. I don't understand what makes her want to talk to her so bad. Luke tries to just explain, oh, that was literally, that was just a gust of wind. Like, that was, it was nothing. While Claire is like, no, that's Madeline. It's Madeline. It's for sure her. Bitch, you're in a basement. What do you mean that it was a gust of wind? Where is that coming from? Also true. I think Luke just doesn't want it to be a real ghost. But he's the ghost. (laughs) So Claire continues to ask Madeline to speak to them and again asks why she stays here and why she never rests. The recorder is picking something up again, and Luke hears a ghostly moan through the headphones. Claire keeps asking her to speak to them. Then they hear a distorted voice that sounds almost like crying or something outside of the headphones. Only Claire hears the whispers. But Luke is for sure visibly terrified. Absolutely terrified. Claire can finally see her, and she tells Luke that Madeline's right behind him. Luke freaks the fuck out, shoves Claire down runs out of the basement (laughs) claire freaking the fuck out runs after him with the flashlight and luke's already ready to get the fuck out of the hotel he's coming out the office like because she's claire's running up going to the lobby doesn't see luke at all luke comes out of the office i gotta get the fuck out of here he's saying he's got to get out he doesn't want to be there and he doesn't like it okay again didn't he say that he has years of experience in this what the fuck is going on? Uno moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Claire mentions she's confused as to why he's freaking out. So she mentions how they just made physical contact and then asks him if it was like the other times that he had seen her. At this point, we find out that Luke truly never saw her and that he made it up. Mm-hmm. And it's far too real for him and it's way too fucked up for him to continue to deal with. Okay. So Claire begs him not to leave. He apologizes as he walks out of the out of the door. It's pouring rain. Both of them are walking out of this hotel. He walks out, gets in his car, and just leaves her ass there. So is he admitting that he just he's never actually yeah. experienced the paranormal, not just Ma- yeah, Madeline? Basically. Mm. So this whole experience freaked him the hell out. Now Claire's sitting here thinking that he's seen all of this, so he's yeah perfectly going to be fine with anything that they run into but no he's never seen anything like it he freaks the hell out and leaves so he's a pussy gotcha yeah, yeah. F- fuck luke i said it in the <laughs> beginning and i'll say it again <laughs> fuck luke so we flash back inside where claire is banging on the door and it's leanne's door claire can't wake her up with knocking so she uses her key to go in to wake leanne up Leanne's pissed, obviously. She rolls over and she's like, why should I help you? Because, like, why should I help those who are inconsiderate of my gifts or whatever? Something along those lines because of what Luke had said after she got back from her seminar. Yeah, but that was Luke. That wasn't Claire. Claire's been nothing but respectful to you. You're not wrong. 
Claire has been nothing but respectful and really, really likes Leanne. So I don't know why she chose to do this, but Claire is like, listen, like, I understand you not want to helping me. You don't want to help me, but like, I'm alone. Luke left me. They made contact with Madeline and that she has no idea what she's supposed to do right now. So Leanne's quiet for a second and then she sits up in bed. She looks over at Claire. She's like, can I have one of them? Can I have a vodka mini bottle or do I have any left? Claire hands her one. She downs it. And then she's like, all right, take me to where it happened. Okay. No, No. you are the one who was warned. Don't the basement's a no, no. Right. Right. The camera goes black. Then we see a light come through the stairs as the doorway to the basement opens. We see a woman walk down the stairs. Obviously, it's Leanne. At the bottom, she pulls out her pendulum to talk to the spirits. The pendulum immediately starts moving, and Leanne makes a concerned face with what she's hearing from the spirits. Leanne's dead. She hears whispers, and the creepy music swells behind her, and then she starts to hear a banging. As the whispers increase in volume, so does the banging. Mm -hmm. And the pendulum keeps moving more and more. Everything falls silent. The pendulum falls to the floor and breaks. That doesn't sound good. Oh, hell no. She looks back at Claire and proceeds to speed walk out of the basement, saying her and Claire need to get the hell out of the hotel. Yeah. Now, this is the point in time where Bobby decided it was the best idea to come in here <laughs> while I was watching this movie. And he like he likes to come around like this side of the corner. Yeah. And he taps my chair. I didn't think anything of it. Like, maybe the dog hit the chair or something like that. Mm -hmm. He taps the chair again as the pendulum falls to the floor. And we just hear this, (sighs) dong. And I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck, dude? Like, no, I'm good. And I looked at him. I was like, you can't do that, dude. I'm watching a scary movie. (laughs) He's like, I tried to warn you. No, you didn't. Yeah, I literally tell Jason, I was like, if I have my headphones on and you want to get my attention, you need to, like, knock on the wall right, or before the you approach me. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you're trying to get my attention. Right. After Leanne tells her that they need to get the hell out of the hotel, Claire runs upstairs to pack her things. As she's packing her backpack, she remembers there's a gentleman in room 353. She runs up the stairs to get him to come with them. The door creaks open as she walks in, talking about how they need to leave the hotel. She's getting no response at all. Mm -hmm. She then finds a note and sees a door slightly open with the light on. The door leads to the bathroom, where you hear water dripping. She finds the old man dead in the bathtub. The bathtub is full of his blood, and there is blood spattered everywhere across his face and across the bathroom. He killed himself? I believe so. You can't fully tell the way he died. But I believe, and that's why I had the trigger warning of suicide. I think that that's what happened because she did find a note before finding him in the bathtub. And the note basically said something about how life isn't the same without my love. Because okay. I'm, I'm guessing that's why he returned to the hotel because the room 353 is the honeymoon suite. Mm-hmm. And I think that his wife died and he was so sad that he decided to come die in the happiest place of their relationship. I'm I'm so glad that everyone feels like love is a good reason to commit suicide. Right. The whole movie is just focused around that. It's great. Love it. Yeah. Definitely doesn't make me want to bash my own head in. Yeah. <laughs> well, Claire's obviously fully freaked out by this. She runs out of the room and has to take a couple hits of her inhaler because asthma. 
<laughs> I actually forgot she had asthma at this point. <laughs> I did too. There's that's what I mean. Like there's several points in the movie where like there's supposed to be these scares and she doesn't use her inhaler. So I'm like, what? yeah. So she then hears the banging again, pushes the door back open with another creak. When she opens the door, she finds Madeline floating in the doorway, looking directly at her with dark circled eyes. So, so Claire decides to run back downstairs and runs into Luke as she's running downstairs. Luke had come back to explain that he had to apologize because he felt bad for leaving her. What? Claire stops him in his tracks. I listen. I don't know either. Luke is Luke is. So so he professes his love and then he yep. gets freaked out and he yep. abandons her and then he comes back and he's yep. like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yep. Get fucked. I don't fucking care. <laughs> you already tracks. left. Stay left. <laughs> I already went for other help, damn it. What the fuck? <laughs> That's also just really fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, I understand you quote unquote love her. Apparently, I never would have fucking guessed that in 60 billion years because you treated her like shit. Um, but, like, I don't. I, I get. I, like, this is really making me mad. I. I, I don't care how much you claim to love somebody. Stop putting yourself in danger. Yeah, for real, though. Like, if you left, just leave. Damn. Call the police if you're that concerned. Right. Like, Janet. <laughs> Janet, I love you so much, but, like, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> if I got freaked out so bad that I left, I'm not coming back. Yeah, well, I guess the good news is I'm not a final role, right? Neither of us are, so <laughs> you're going to die in the haunting, and then as I'm trying to, like, drive away, I'm going to crash my car and die. So. Yeah, perfect. It'll be good. We'll still be reunited in the afterlife. Oh, yeah. It'll be great. It'll be perfect. I'll <laughs> meet you a, in hell. Be a party. Yeah. <laughs> a whole-ass party, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, so Claire stops him as he's trying to apologize and explains that they need to leave. She also explains how the old man killed himself what Lee said and that they shouldn't be there anymore and how and that she saw Madeline again. Luke, being Luke and being a guy, tells her to calm down and chill out for a second because she's hyperventilating. You're the one that fucking left after experiencing Madeline once. Right? That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, you fucking dipped, bro. So you basically just showed up for no reason other right. than to be the guy? Now, from here on out, Claire wholeheartedly pisses me the fuck off. Wholeheartedly. So, first and foremost, she tells Luke that they gotta get out. And, like, all this other stuff about what Lee said, basement, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Begs Luke to get her out of the inn. Luke agrees, and then Claire mentions that Leanne is upstairs. So Luke says, oh, I'll go get her. And then asks Claire if she'd be okay by herself waiting in the lobby. And she says, yes. We watch Luke go up the stairs... And then we hear a faint, Claire. Yeah, I was going to say, no, <laughs> you're not safe if you're inside there. The voice repeats her name again. Claire gets up and walks towards where the voice is coming from. She thinks it's Leanne. And the voice says her name for a third time. Claire grabs the flashlight, continues to walk towards where the voice is coming from. Conveniently, the voice is coming from the basement. Why the fuck would you think that's Leanne then, you dumbass? Again, from this point on, Claire pisses me the fuck off because why would you think that's Leanne? Why? What sense does that make? 
Make. Claire's been a dumbass for me this entire movie. This <laughs> is absolutely terrible. So then, going further down the hallway, she keeps hearing more distorted voices start. You hear a door open and shut with a creak as Claire goes to the basement door again. She shines the flashlight down and asks for Leanne. And then she goes, I don't want to go back down there, bitch. What the fuck are you doing at the door then? Like, what? Leanne literally sped walk out of there and said, we need to leave now. And you really think that she just went back voluntarily into the basement? Right. And here's the wor- here's here's the even worse part. She proceeds to take two more steps down the stairs and asks again <laughs> if Leanne is down there. Dude. <laughs> she didn't answer you the first time. What makes you think she's down there now? This is the whole, like... You hear someone break into your house and you're like, hello, is anyone there? <laughs> That's some white people shit. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. All right. What the, I'm, I, I, I'm mad because you told me that this movie was fantastic, but I'm like. <laughs> I, I liked the way it was, but like the premise of it is, is fucked. The way that the yeah. movie was filmed and like the characters, the way they played them is really good. But the plot of the movie is terrible. So the cinematography is beautiful, but the yes. plot is shit. <laughs> yes. And I and that might be my like personal preference as far as like the older building paranormal stuff. Cause I, I love That's that fair. kind of shit. I love that shit. Like That's talking fair. about some type of ghost that was there for a long period of time, like that's cool. Like the new like that new show that we were talking about on um that's on Paramount right now, uh, Ghosts. It's on CBS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that one. And it's, I don't know if it's just because it's an older mansion or because they have ghosts from so far back, but it's it's so... I I just... I enjoy it. It's also comedic as hell. Oh, that, that show is very comedic as hell, and I love it to death. Um, <laughs> Some of those ghosts, I'm like, no. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> For real, though. Bobby, Bobby made a point. He's like... He's like, how can they do two Halloween episodes and only one Christmas episode, but it's their first Christmas in the house? Because Halloween's more important than ghosts than Christmas. <laughs> the ghosts don't like Halloween, though. They say that in the first Halloween episode. They hate Halloween. Okay, well then fuck them. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't seen the whole show. I've seen like the oh. first couple episodes. <laughs> That's my bad. I love that show. I've watched it. That's You know how you're talking about like comfort shows? Yeah. Currently, that's one of my comfort shows. That's fair. It's a fantastic show and I love it. My comfort show is like Catfish. Ah, we <laughs> rewatched that recently too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then continuing again, she's going down the stairs to the basement, knowing that she should be leaving this place. She hears faint whispering and then the beer can placed at the top of the stairs. Uh, when she went down there with Luke starts to fall down the stairs, it's tumbling down the stairs. So Claire okay. watches it as it falls. And as the camera pans up to pans back up to Claire, we see the old man from 353 standing behind her, bloody face oh, and all. Fuck that. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying, bro. <laughs> no thanks, my dude. <laughs> Even in my notes, I said, I said this man was creepy as fuck, dude. Like, <laughs> creepy as hell, bro. Oh, my God. It's interesting, though, that he he didn't he mu- he didn't die that long ago and he's already haunting the place. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there was like something to do with what you had were talking about earlier. Like maybe he's already haunting the place and she was just reliving his death, but in ghost form. That's fair because that that is something that does happen. Yeah. So that's all. That's a possibility is what she was seeing. Hmm. But as 
you know, as she turned around, she saw him behind her and freaked out. She fell down the stairs and all the way into the basement now. Great. She didn't lose consciousness, so that's good. Mm -hmm. But she's having trouble figuring out where she's at. So she runs further and further into the basement to get away from the old man. Her head is bleeding from the fall down the stairs. Mm -hmm. She turns around with the flashlight and the old man's standing right there again. Arms out, almost like he's offering Claire to someone. Like he's like, here you go. (laughs) Thanks, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) Claire turns and runs all the way back to the room where they hid Madeline's body. She closes and locks the door behind her, but right after she does that, someone starts to bang on it and want in. You can hear the door creaking and cracking under the banging. I feel like that was probably not a smart decision. No, not at all. Not at all. Because let's go back to that cellar door. You remember that, right? Yeah. That cellar door leads into that room. Oh. Yeah. So the banging that she heard earlier, in my opinion, this is solely my opinion the banging she heard earlier from the cellar door could have been the bird but i think it was madeline and so if you remember she locked said cellar door with a chain and a padlock yeah so now she's trying to get away from whatever banging is happening on the door and she's trying to get out that cellar door but it's locked so there's nowhere she can go she's stuck she fucked herself pretty much she for sure fucked herself. Similar to how you were talking about how they like slow mode into different stuff and better watch out. Mm-hmm. That's what I was noticing with this was they would mention specific things yeah. that would come back to play, like her locking the cellar door. It's called not subtle foreshadowing. She's trying to escape through the cellar door. The door is locked. So she's like yanking on the door, screaming, yelling. As she's trying to escape, you can see behind her that Madeline's behind her. She just starts slowly creeping in. And the way Madeline looks, like, there's no good way to describe how she looks. She's got a dead expression on her face, obviously, because she's dead. But (laughs) dead expression across her face. Eyes have these black circles around them, but her eyes themselves are white and glazed over. Terrifying. Mm -hmm. The scene ends with Claire screaming as Madeline gets to her. The camera goes black. And then we see fancy lettering says epilogue come across the screen. Mm -hmm. The epilogue opens with birds chirping as we see the parking lot of the inn. Coroners wheel out two gurneys with bodies on them. Oh, never mind. So the old man was real. He's one of the bodies. Yeah, he's one of the bodies. Okay. The officer on the scene asks to hold up. He lifts the sheet and goes, God, Jesus, and then sends them on their way. Mm -hmm. The officer walks over to Luke, and Luke starts to explain what happened on his side. Mm -hmm. Here I want to show you guys a clip of how Luke explained himself to the officer, because just the way that he describes it is absolutely horrendous. Because he's a dumbass motherfucker. Because he's a dumbass. So I for sure want you guys to hear it. So we'll insert a clip of that. I was banging on the door as hard as I could. I could hear her screaming. I was screaming for her to open up, but uh, she wouldn't. She called my name, but uh, I wasn't strong enough to break it down. So he goes to explain to the officer how he found her inhaler at the bottom of the stairs. And the officer asked Luke to come with them. And he said he could. He just needs to go get his stuff out of the hotel. Because the hotel's closing, obviously, so he's got to get his shit. The officer asks him to get the actress out as well, as they'll need to shut down the hotel, and they need to talk to her too. Um, the officer should come with, because duh, 
The officer also asked him if there were any other guests at the hotel, and he just said Gail and her kid and that Ron, the owner, wouldn't be back until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So Luke goes back inside to get his stuff, and he looks around at what he's leaving behind. He notices a door ajar as he goes to get his things. He finds Leanne in Claire's room. He explains to her that they have to go because they have have to answer some questions. Luke realizes that she knew what was going to happen and that she should have done something. She solemnly looks at him and explains that there was nothing anyone could have done. Luke repeats again that they needed to go downstairs for questioning. Uh, I know what could have prevented it. Y'all should have never gone in the fucking basement like she goddamn said. Yeah, you're not wrong. The movie ends with Leanne getting loaded into the back of the police car while the ambulances drive away with the old man and Claire in the back. The movie ends... They arrested Leanne? I don't know if they put her in the back of the police car to take her down to the station for questioning or if they arrested her. She doesn't, it doesn't look like she's got handcuffs on, but they do load her into the back of the police car. You, cause you, you can't arrest her for not stopping ghosts. Right. I don't think, I don't, I don't think that they were arresting her because as far as I'm aware, they just wanted to know the questioning between it because what it looks like is that, I don't know, maybe they think Leanne killed her. I don't know. But you're right to question it. It's kind of weird. And that, that's the end? Do you want to hear the ending scene? Yeah. So the very last scene that the movie ends with is a slow zoom in on the open door to Claire's room that she stayed in for the last couple of nights. Mm-hmm. As the camera pans in on it, it focuses on the corner of the room with a rocking chair in it. The music keeps playing, and as it stops, the door slams shut. Final jump scare of the movie. The screen fades to black, and then we have the credits roll. I'm just... Overall. <laughs> I'm just going to say this now. I don't think I'll like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to like it because it's very cliche. Like, uh, my overall points of this movie is that it hits every single corner for a paranormal supernatural horror, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I think they have to classify it. And I mentioned here how they have to classify it as supernatural horror because of Leanne and her healing abilities. (laughs) Which I still don't understand how they have to classify it that way. But... I enjoyed the movie. I had fun watching it, if not because my boyfriend scared the hell out of me, <laughs> but simply because the fact that I like paranormal. Um, the fact that they were recording the sound and that's how we heard it made it so much more immersive that's and more fair. of an experience than a movie. I think, I, I think I'll be like you. I'll probably enjoy the cinematography of it, but when plot lines don't make sense, it just makes me really mad. It makes both of us mad. I mean, we're the same way in that aspect. Like, like I asked you at the beginning, you better watch out. Are there a ton of plot holes? <laughs> no, but it was still a <laughs> terrible movie. It's still a terrible movie. There's no plot holes in th- there's. I mean, there might be a or two plot holes in this movie, yeah. but I thought it was overall decent. I had a couple of questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so overall, like, what's your rating and everything for it? For a rating, I'd probably agree with the consensus. I'd probably give it like a 6 out of 10. It was a good movie, but they probably could have delved a little deeper into Madeline's story or, you know, something else along those lines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so my... I will watch the movie before the next episode, and I have decided that my next pick... I like... I'm going to stay on the paranormal train, and I'm going to stay on the shitty movie train, and we're going to watch... Hell House LLC, which I love in the same way that I love Willy's Wonderland, and it's a terrible movie, but I it's fucking amazing. Ah, oh, so this will be a fun time. It'll be a great time. I'm so excited. It'll be a fun time, but it's a lot. 
<laughs> it's a lot in one movie, but it'll be fine. We got it. Yeah. Is there anything else you need to say? I don't think so. I think that that's about it on my side. Like I said, I thought the movie was pretty good. And I know that I've seen Sarah Paxton in something else before. I just can't remember what it was off the top of my head. And I also feel like I've seen Pat Healy before, but I can't remember off the top of my head what he's in either. Yeah, in the trailer, I definitely feel like I recognized her. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our that's our episode for y'all today hope you enjoyed like i said i will watch the movie before the next episode to give you my take on it and we're gonna go ahead and do hell house llc so thank you guys so much for listening and don't forget to check out our socials email us at nafgpod at gmail.com twitter at nafgpod instagram not a final girl pod tiktok at nafgpod twitch not a final girl we stream horror games sometimes and then Janet has her own Twitch stream at Dragon Queen 124 and I have a Twitch that I occasionally use, which is Dempsey underscore May. We love all of your support. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you guys have a great week. Adios, Ghost Gang. Farewell, Ghosters.